Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And listen, we have a mogul. We have a real estate like goddess. Yeah, go. I'm, I'm spicing her Let's up. I'm go. spicing her up. Who else <laughs> in the real estate game has a board game? I don't. I don't Talk know anybody. I don't know anybody. I don't know another real estate developer that has a board game that you know maybe. Well, I'm not going to get into her pockets. She'll get into her own pockets. I don't, I'm not even going to talk about it. Before I introduce, right, with the name, so you know who we're talking about. Hint, we talked about her a little bit before in episodes before. But, Moose, mm-hmm. how do you feel about this individual? Yeah, one of the most humble beings, man. I mean, honestly, if you're in a room with this person, you wouldn't really know unless somebody puts you on game. But she's about her business. Like, uh, you know, she, she really can uh, roll her sleeves and get to work. So I'm excited to introduce her to the platform and, uh, yeah, have her teach some gems. We are talking about Terika Lynn Smith. Yes. But let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you already know what time it is. It is the review of the week. And this one was done by Zed. What's up, Zed? Hi, Zed. I love Zed. Uh, this podcast ex- ooh, ooh. Um, on, <laughs> exemplifies <laughs> the true core meaning of selflessness, value with an innovative and creative approach. Nikki and Moose are giving countless gems for all brands to create a playbook to be successful. I see what you did, Zed. I see what you did, Zed. Look, shout out to everybody who leaves us a review. Make sure you do that. And every week we are going to highlight at least one person. Today was Zed. But let's get into our guest. I'm super excited about this one. I'm so hold on. Hold on. What's up, Terika? She's she smiles. She smiles. What's up? So so look real quick, real quick. Let the people know who you are, all that great stuff. And then we just going to have a casual conversation so we can get everything out of your brain and be and have a board game and have as much money as you do. You know, (laughs) trying to do what you do. I'm just saying. But anyways, introduce yourself, Terika. Hey, so my name's Terika Lynn Smith. I'm a real estate developer, extremely passionate about um, preventing gentrification in the inner cities. And our mission is to build affordable homes in these communities that have not received investment dollars in decades, along while changing the hearts and minds of the individuals within the community to have ownership and keep the subsidized. Y'all hear that elevator, mm. elevator pitch? Yeah, I mean, y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? 
Moose, start it off. Yeah. Yeah, Tarika, let's know where the journey started. I mean, you know, it's rare that, first off, you find a minority female in the development space. Now, of course, real estate agents, and I'm not downplaying real estate agents, but yeah, but, uh, you know, introduce yourself from, you know, where that journey began. Did you start as an agent? You know, just catch us up with that. Right. So um, just to just to back up a little bit past that, like I had zero experience when I got into real estate. I just knew that mm-hmm. I wanted a career. I wanted to um, I wanted to change my life. Um, I was um, it, very, very poor. Didn't have no money. A few years before that, I was homeless with my son. And so for me, I just wanted something that I can leave to my children. And so I went to real estate school. And of course, if you're not around people that talk certain types of language, you have no clue what you're getting yourself into. And so I failed the real estate exam seven times, you know, over and over again. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like, it was rough starting off, but I knew that I wanted, I wanted it bad enough. I had nothing else to lose. And so I just kept on pushing and, and eventually I passed the real estate exam. I got into real estate, started off as a real estate agent. I found my niche with real estate investors. I started building real estate portfolios. And then after I started building real estate portfolios, I realized that this is something I want to do for myself because no one was going to ever allow me the chance and opportunity to go and do this, you know, um, on my own. Like they, they wanted it for themselves. So I had to break free. And, you know, that's how I eventually became a real estate developer because my heart is, you know, to be able to change the trajectory of um, the inner cities and the um, communities that don't receive investment dollars. And the only way to do that is to pioneer it yourself. Wow. That's really cool. Okay. Hold on. You said you failed seven times. Seven times, yes. Okay, okay. Yes. so 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 talk about talk about maybe the fifth time. Like talk about Ooh. how like what made you like I get it, you wanted to continue like you wanted it that bag. Ba- bag. Why did I say bag? I'm instantly thinking money with you. I don't even know why, <laughs> right? But we already know that you wanted it bad, but clearly after the second, the fourth time that could be extremely discouraging. And, and I know like our audience has probably failed one or two times, but you're saying it took you seven. So kind of just right. talk us like the process and your mind, like how did you get to that seven? Like if you had to do 20 more, would you have done it? Like just talk that out for us. Right. So what I'll say is this, during the time I was taking my real estate exam, I was extremely poor. Like I could not afford to pay the hundred dollars every single time to go take the test. I just didn't have the money. And so there was points where I had to make a decision. Do I pay my light bill or do I go and take the real estate exam? My life at that point in time, you know, by this time I've had two children, we survived Hurricane Katrina and I had nothing else to lose. Like I was desperate for change. Like I wanted something to change in my life. And I knew that if I didn't keep moving forward, then the reality that I was actually living in while I was struggling to pay my bills and I didn't have a lot of food and I didn't have no money or I didn't have any resources, I would remain there. And so I knew that at least 
passing this exam, having that real estate license gave me a little hope that I could be able to sell a lot of homes and then start generating income so I can change my life. But, you know, um, I, you know, people say desperate times calls for desperate measures. I believe that um, to the core because for me, I was desperate in the situation that I was in. Like I hated being poor. It took me a while to hate being poor. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. People don't really tell the truth, but I hated being poor. You know, I hated asking people for money. I hated um, going to the bank and asking them to reverse my NSF fees. I hated not knowing if I had money to go to the grocery store or if I even had enough on my car. You know, so those were times that I actually hated and I hated it enough that I wanted it to change. And it made me become desperate about doing something that I would be able to change the the trajectory of my life and for my children as well, because your children struggle when you struggle, right? So if I'm struggling, my children are a part of that struggle. And and that struggle is not pretty. It's it's very ugly. It makes you a, a very anxious person. It makes you desperate. And so for me, I've always was like, I want to be the mother who have a relationship with their kids and not just so focus on living paycheck to paycheck and not having nothing um, to be able to give to them. And so I was desperate for it. And that's what kept me going. And honestly, you know, um, finding the money, you know, that was the hardest part, you know, um, figuring out ways to pull that money together to be able to go take that exam. So I just knew that I had to keep on doing it. And it's easy to give up. But I just knew if I gave up, I would still be in that one bedroom apartment with my kids and and still in the same struggle. So it had to have something different on this end. When you at rock bottom, the only way to only way to look is up, right? <laughs> so for me, I'm like, look, that license is me looking up. This is facts. Mm. Moose, Moose, would you would you try seven times? Would you would you try? Sheesh. Man, that, <laughs> that takes a lot of courage. I'm not gonna lie to you, Tarika. You know, I think the only other example that I can remember from the show is Pharrell. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Pharrell when he made uh, that song for the movie Despicable Me, Happy. He didn't get it until his 10th try. So I, yeah. I, I don't think, and of course, you know, we know it's a part of the game, but it's one of those things that it's a lot easier said than done. But, you know, props to you for, you know, continuing to show up, especially at a time where, like you said, financially, it wasn't like you were just, ah, okay, let me go uh, try again. <laughs> it, was, it was a difficult time. Yes. Let me let me ask you this, though, Tarika, what what came next? I know you kind of said it really quickly, like you went from real estate into working with investors. But you said a few key things there. You found your niche and that was working with investors. And then you went yeah. on to doing it for yourself. And then now yeah. in the development space. Talk about that for, you know, the importance of finding your niche, especially from a professional services standpoint. We talk a lot about it from a personal branding standpoint. But for other for other people in the professional services, it seemed like you having that niche still was one of the things that really helped you get to where you are today. Explain that to us a little bit more. So when I first got started in real estate, after I passed the exam, I'm like, yes, I'm about to be rich. I'm about to make all kind of money. Right. Then the first year <laughs> I did like a whopping five thousand dollars. I'm like, man. I could have just went wow. to McDonald's. I got I to do something different, right? Like $5,000. I mean, I took the exam seven times. It cost me $700 just to take the test. And I made $5,000, you know, along with all the other expenses it cost to be a realtor. I really broke even. 
And so I was like, okay, I don't have like no, no name behind me. Like um, in our communities, you have Boudreaux and Thibodeaux and Smiths. Like these are big families that are heavily involved in real estate and they, and they downline don't have to work twice as hard as an individual who don't have that. And then you have the remaining of the realtors who's all focused on the exact same thing, right? Finding sellers and finding buyers and, and buying properties and selling properties for these, for these consumers. And so for me, I was like, I have to find something that's going to separate me. The only reason why I knew I needed to do that was because I was tired of fighting 1500 realtors for the same house. Um, and asking the seller to be able to sell their property. They're like, how many times are you realtors going to call me? I was like, yo, she's right. Like, I'm tired of calling them myself. You know, every time you call somebody <laughs> to call, right? And so for me, I was like, what can I do different? And so I started looking around the marketplace. I realized that, you know, there wasn't no real investor specialist. And so I was like, ooh. Okay, so now I need to learn about investments in real estate. So I started self-educating myself. That's huge, right? I self-educated myself in real estate investing to the point where I got I got enough courage to start going looking for investors. And I literally went door to door, you know, um, gas station to gas station. And the only reason why I found my first investor was because I was taking a um, gasoline break at a gas station and I went into the store to get a few items and a customer was upset and she was like, let me speak to the owner. Now, mind you, this was not, this was like unplanned. Okay. And then, so she come and the owner come out and she was like, are you the owner? He was like, yes, I'm the owner of the store. And I was like, oh, okay, that's all right. That's how I can get investors. They in these corner stores. So I went and I approached them. I introduced myself. I told them who I was and I asked them to let me work for him for free. Let me find you some buildings and real estate for free, but not just that. If you have anything you want to sell, I'm not going to charge you on your first deal. I won't charge you anything. Wow. You just got to pay my company. Yeah. And he was like, nobody never told me that before. But I didn't have a whole lot of lineage behind me. So I needed to mm -hmm. do something to separate myself from the rest. And to this day, that investor is still my investor. And he owns a chain of grocery stores and clothing stores. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's dope. All right. All right. Okay. So, so Terika, um, you know, I'm going to kind of ask about this. Uh, so there was this program, right? There was this program that you happened to sign up for, right? Um, called Game Changers, right? Shout out to E, right? Um, from a real estate developer to a speaker's program, right? Break that down. Why? Because I personally wanted to know this. Like, why did you join the program? Because what I will say, that program has helped you like develop into the public figure that you are right now, right? Not saying that it helped you in the real estate kind of thing, but who we know you for right now publicly it has helped you, but what made you sign up to that? Because the the breakdown that I think me and Moose saw during it, I was like, why, why, why would you, why, why? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
get up stage and cry like that. Well, like, so break down why you started the program, right? And shout out to E for and all the game changers out there. But yeah, I always wanted to know, like, but why? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll tell you this. Um, I was running and running and running till I became exhausted. I was running for success constantly. I never looked back behind me. Like I just kept on moving forward. And the the um to be honest, I had a lot of issues that I never dealt with. A lot of pain and hurt from my mother, you know, from um, abandonment and just being in foster care and feeling inadequate and ugly and unworthy, right? I had all of these real feelings that I kept inside. But the problem was when I was running, I didn't know I had all that yuck going on because I was so distracted. But it gets to a point like I'm very successful and blessed in my career right now that at, even at that point when I signed up for um, Game Changers, I was extremely successful, but I was ready to commit suicide. And so for me, I couldn't understand why I'm feeling like this, but also why they keep inviting me into these big old rooms. Like, why am I being contacted by like huge investors, like huge, right? Um, and I can't share, but it's confidential, but like rooms I shouldn't even be in, corporations who shouldn't even know about me. And I, I started becoming, um, I started feeling unworthy and I felt like I was uncalled to be this person and I felt like I was being fake. And I also felt like I didn't have enough words to communicate with these people on this level. So I was like, if I join a speaking program, then I can speak confident. I can be bold. I can be courageous. When I walk in the room, I'm going to have authority. And that was my whole reason for joining Game Changers. And so we went, um, he had an event in New York and he, he said this one thing that changed my life and made me sign up for the program. He said, a lot of you have reached so much success that you don't even realize what you have because you haven't even dealt with the pain that you had as a little kid. And you got a video of me, Nikki, on the front row crying. It's not bullets in here. <laughs> He's talking to me, you know? <laughs> and um, and and I said, I, I need to join this program. Like, I need to be around this energy. I need to be around these people who um, who are moving mountains out of people's life. And so I joined Game Changers. And I didn't realize how bad it was until I got on the stage. And I literally broke down. Like I couldn't even get 10 words. I'm like, <laughs> and, and I remember CJ looking at me and he like, I just need you to rap. And then I just, you know, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to get through this. And, um, Valari, um, coach Val had a, a um, call uh, that's a part of the program, right? She had a call. And, um, on that call, she kept on asking me, why are you in this program? Why are you in this program? I'm like, oh, she aggravating. Like, why she keep asking me all this? Like, she she really like digging in my business, right? And so finally, I told, I, I said, I don't know why I'm in this program. I just need to quit. I just need to get out of here. And she said, wait, hold on. And then from that call, we started talking further. And then it became 
real to me that I was unsure of the person who I was. And I've been hurt so much in my life that the light that was shining on me, I was I was afraid of it and I was running from it. I didn't want the light on me. And so I would hide in the back of the rooms and I would sit in the back chairs and I would always be the person um, who's really very, very quiet and, um, and, and try to stay away. And so being a part of Game Changers helped me realize that I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be um, and helped me deal with a lot of other stuff as well. Shout out to Game Changers, for real. If those people who don't know what that is, real quick, it's just a speakers program that is uh, led by E and CJ and the whole ETA squad. So if people are like, I don't know what Game Changers is, what is that? It's a speakers program. Don't worry about it. But anyways, Moose, what's that? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good, Tarika. And, and, and man, thanks for doing the work on you. You know what I'm saying? Because I think the, there are so many people have been who have been blessed by uh, what you've been able to share and just kind of like your story. I'm kind of like sitting back and just listening. You know, we, we joked about this before we got on, but it was about a year ago where we were in the room at the Game Changers program. Ironically, we had a training with Extreme Execution and you all were there as well at the church. And uh, we were doing kind of like a small breakout session and we started talking about, yo, utilize your eyebrows to kind of connect with people from a facial expression, especially if you tend to have that kind of resting blank stare, you know, and, and uh, I, I joked because I, I came on and Tarika had the eyebrows really working. I'm like, OK, I see you. That's what's up. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. I love it. Talk, yeah. Now, now you've you've expanded, you know, and, and, I, and I love the story. Like, I, I love to kind of see the trajectory that people go on when they are developing personally, developing professionally. But you let us know about the troubles that you had early on. I love how you were able to find your niche. Now you're in a relatively unique space that's not really walked on or walked in. Uh, by females, let alone black or minority females, that that I think is is, you know, more power to you for just being bold to walk in that. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the things that you found to be very helpful on that journey. So when you're entering a space that there aren't people who look like you in there or there aren't many feet, whatever the case may be. Right. Those labels mm-hmm. that tend to kind of box people out. What do you think are some of the things that helps you finally find yourself in some of those rooms? Yes. No, that's a great question. I realized that everybody got yuck, right? Um, Going through this process, like there's no perfect person in the world. Like there's a lot of pretenders who pretend to be perfect. But if you're just yourself, like if you just being 100, then you have nothing to hide. You know, can nobody come attack you and and humiliate you and, you know, say all this other stuff for me? You know, I never share my story about um, the sexual abuse, being in foster care, being a teenage mom and being homeless. And so I've always had that over my shoulder. And when I let that go, I experienced true freedom because I didn't I didn't have anything else to hide. Everybody knew all of me. Like I just opened up all of my yuck to the world, you know. And so now when I'm going into these boardrooms and when I'm meeting with these executives and these CEOs, 
you know, um, I'm very confident in my um, capabilities of what I can do because I have, you know, I have reports, right? I have receipts and they can pull them and see them. And um, another great thing is that a lot of the times they reach out to me, I don't have to interview for anything. And so going in there knowing that already sets the precedence, you know, it is extremely hard as an African-American woman developer, especially being the only one in the state of Louisiana. Okay. Um, the reason why is because um, developers, although it's never said, are supposed to look a certain way and act a certain way. I was even told by, why do you want to be a real estate developer? Just you know, just build or do whatever the case may be, right? But I'm a chain breaker, you know, and I think being street strong and going through all the hell that I went through as a child growing up, it allowed me to deal with the type of people I have to deal with in today's world where they look down on you and they talk to you a certain way and um, they treat you a certain way. The beauty of having your own is you don't have to tolerate any of that and they have to come and talk to you. You know, mm. and so being the woman to say, I want this type of house and I want this type of grocery store and I want this type of apartment complex. They can't tell me anything because it's mine, you know, and as a developer, you get to design all of that. You get to choose that. You're not asking for permission anymore. And so I think you have to be extremely strong. And you got to be steadfast and you got to stand 10 toes deep, even when they try to punch you and knock you down. You know, um, it is a man's world in real estate development, you know, but there is room for everybody to be a part of it, to be honest with you. It's just it's a lot of women don't believe that they're capable of doing it. But I believe that we can do whatever we put our minds to. I mean, I failed the exam seven times and I'm developing multi-million dollar communities. So it's possible. Mm. Like flex. <laughs> Life, right. Right? Nick, like Nick, let me double back real quick if oh, you don't go mind. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, Terika, in, in 30 seconds, a minute, whatever it is, what's the difference between real estate investment and real estate development? Like, give us just the ABCs of that real quick. Right. So it's still investments, real estate investment, whether you're a developer, a builder, a, a rehabber a landlord, you're still an investor. It's just a different type of investing, right? As a real estate developer, you develop the streets, you develop the buildings, you develop the, the lots, the meets, the bounds, everything within that community. So if you live in a neighborhood, a developer had to visualize that and bring it to life. Real estate investments is pretty much like an octopus, whatever leg you want to grab, whether it's multifamily, whether it's new construction, whether it's rehabbing, whether it's crowdfunding, whatever the platform is you choose to use in real estate investing is really up to you. But for me, um, I've been through, um, I've grabbed quite a few legs, but my main leg is real estate development. Nice. I go, I go, Moose, I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. no, I just wanted kind of like quick for some people who were wondering like, yeah, what is, uh, what Facts. is that? So yeah, yeah. Facts. Okay, so... Break something down for me, um, because Maul, shout out to uh, Jamal King. We got to get him on the podcast. Um, Maul and you didn't believe in social media. Like, you didn't like putting yourself out there. Like, I, I don't get it. Is it a real estate thing? Like, I don't really rock with so. Like, is it like a certain pay grade? Like, when I make this, I don't. 
I don't do social media. I, I, what is it like? What made you change? If you want to mention my name, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what uh, what made you change? Because now your name is getting out there a whole lot more. Uh, the the board game, which we're going to get into, is selling a lot more. I'm just saying, like, what what was it with social media? How did you feel about it? What made you change? All that great stuff. Yeah, I hated people knowing my business. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm kind of the one that be like, why? Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why? Like, I'm kind of like the one that asks the question when you peeping out the blinds. Like, why are you being nosy, right? So, like for me, social media was like that. Like, why are y'all so nosy? Like, I'm not telling y'all my business. And what I realized was that um, my story inspired a lot of people, and so. Social media has been a platform to be able to spread the word a whole lot faster because if I'm being truthful, I only care about um, how many lives I'm going to impact before I leave you, right? The, the, the dollars are great. Don't get me wrong because I know it's like to not have none. So trust me, they're great. But, you know, for me, the reward is how many people can I help come from where they're at currently and are, you know, in the past, like, you know, like a lot of people have past issues that they haven't dealt with, like I was dealing with at the time. So, you know, I'm big on impacting people. And so I don't think it's a real estate thing, but real estate is a different type of grind. You don't really have time to be scrolling, you right. know, um, you scroll too much. You may mess around and, and get a judgment or a lien on your property for not paying attention, you know? So <laughs> for us, you know, you gotta, you gotta be in, you gotta be in there. Like real estate is not just cute. You gotta be in the mud. Like you gotta be up in there. And so I think that that's probably what me and Ma share is that, you know, we understand the importance of making sure that the business is running successfully and that we don't have no hiccups on the back end because they can be very costly. And so that didn't allow a whole lot of time on social media. You know, um, I'm forcing the time now because it's important to me to make sure that if there's a child in foster care, they can look at somebody like them, such as myself, and dream. You know, it is very hard to dream when you're surviving. And so I like to make sure that my story allows them to dream while they're surviving. Okay. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Got, um, gotta cover the bases. Yeah, right. I'm with it, Nick. Gotta cover the bases with social media, boy. I'm with it. I'm she was with not it. on it. I promise you, she was like, I do not want to be on this. I don't want to do it. Nikki, you no, do it. I'm not me. doing it. Shout out to Nikki. I mean, man, she was like, What is it that you do? Another bell. I'm like, I sell real estate. She's like, No, 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 break it down. I'm like, Nikki, come on. Then I was like, Oh, then she got in my car. I'm like, I got it, Nikki. I Oh, and it was it was awesome, but yeah, that was a that was a year of trying to figure that part out. <laughs> wow! And the funny thing, moves. Let me tell you this: the funny thing is, like, I'm one of those people that will like ask, and then if you get too frustrated, I'll back off. Like, all right, cool. Well, you don't want to talk? I'm cool with it. You're like, you figure it out. I'm not gonna figure out your social media. That's not what we're doing. So. Then one day she was just like, Nikki, I got it. Actually, I think she was on the call or whatever. She was just like, yo, this is happening. This is happening. And it's all because of Nikki. I get it, Nikki. You did this. And I was like, when did I say this to you? 
And it was just like one of the calls that I was in, like she was listening and she's like, I get it. I get it now. I'm breaking it down. The importance of my brand. I get it. I'm like, I said this to you over a year ago. What are you talking about? But shout out to her because she is she's killing it. Go ahead, Moose. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take us take us on that next path now. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned it a few times. We talked about the board game. Right. Uh, what, 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 what feels to me is like the modern day monopoly, you know, like monopoly been around for ages. We all grew up on it. There's a new monopoly in town. Uh, talk to us about about the board game, Terika. How did this thing get? How did you come up with the idea? What is it? Right. Give us. Yeah. Give us the backstory on that. Yeah, that's awesome. So developers board game was created because I wanted to be able to help more people at a younger age get started early because a lot of people start investing in real estate late, right? Then they'd be like, I don't even know what's going on, you know? And so I was like, yo, what if we can find a way where we can help people early? Like so many people is reaching out, like, can you show me how to develop? Can you show me this and that? And I'm like, Lord, what can I do to help? So I went to sleep and I had a dream and I was standing at the top of a mountain. Okay. And at the top of the mountain, they had a ton of people that was around me. But what's crazy is if you know me, I'm big. I used to, um, I used to have this course called How to Play Monopoly in Real Life. So I love Monopoly. Like, it's hard to beat me in Monopoly. I'm just letting y'all know. It's very hard, all right? <laughs> but um, I, I remember um, in this dream, we was going around a board. And I was like, oh, so I woke up and I was like, I'm going to create a board game. So I called my brother, Jay Lee, and I'm like, yo, I want to create a board game. He was like, oh, okay, you just started this. I'm like, nah, maybe. Yeah. I dreamed it, you know, I said, but I want to do this. Like, I really want to do this. I want to get it out this year. We had like four months left in the year um, last year. Right. And so um, I called my other two business partners. I'm like, hey, I want to create a board game. So I, I wrote in my notebook what I wanted this board game to consist of and what I wanted it to teach individuals so they can get started. And so after I drew it on paper, um, went through quite a few designers, you know, right. Got a good designer on the um, team, and he was able to create the um, the um, design for me. Now, mind you, we contacted manufacturers. They like, look, you ain't gonna be able to get this out for eighteen months. And so my partners and I was like, oh man, we just you know let's just push it next year. And I'm like, nah, it gotta be this year. I want it this year. And so um, we was able to get the game out into everybody within four months. So from draw design all the way to um, production. You know, coming from China on a boat, you know, was able to get the game out and it, it's changing lives. I mean, we have testimony after testimony after testimony on how children, children are telling their parents what bankruptcy is and what leverage is and assets and liabilities. And so it's just an awesome, awesome experience to be able to share that with your children. And in the meantime, you're also increasing their financial, their financial um, IQ on real estate. Like they don't like that's not something that's normally taught. So now you're teaching them that, which to me is everything. I'm just saying I got the board game. You hear me? I did my part. Um, actually, I got a I'm going to go back to the board game, but I want I want to talk about this because. You you made your name known in real estate and now you're building your personal brand. You have your board game. You have webinars now and everything like that Um, from a person who said, yo, 
I don't want to put my business out there to now building a solid personal brand. Like, how do you decide what goes out to the world and what doesn't in in your terms, right? Not just in general, but in like your terms, because you have an amazing story, right? From like beginning to now and future, like you have an amazing story, but how did you determine this is what I'm going to talk about. This is what I'm not going to talk about. Cause you even show your kids getting like 19 different houses and deals while some of us struggle with not even getting one. I'm just saying like, I'm just, this is crazy, but um, yeah. Talk to the people how, how you even determine what goes out on social media. So for me, it's very simple, right? Like, I'm not going to share my meals. You know, I don't think nobody care about what I'm eating or anything like no, that. But no, mm-mm. not at all. No, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Not at all. No. Don't you no. have like dope no. desserts where you live at? Yeah, oh man, I'm not, I'm not a food specialist. I'm eating to eat. So I don't. For me, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it ain't, it ain't about, you know, I'm not going to tell you nothing about nobody food. But what I will say is I, I um, the stuff that I do put out on the internet is stuff that's help helpful, right? So self-help stuff, like people can just actually see and be like, yo, she did that like that. Like a lot of times they like, yo, her 15-year-old daughter just bought a property. And they be like, how is that even possible? She's not even 18, right? And so I walk them through the process and, and let them see like, yeah, you can start this now for your children. They don't have to be 18, right? You're their legal guardian and you can, you can get it going. And so for me, things like that, where I know, that people are like looking for that type of information. I just like to share it. I just like to give it away and let them know that they too can do it. So if I feel like it's something that people are like, how can I do that? Especially when it becomes like, especially when it's in my, my lane, right? Real estate, I'm going to share it. But if it ain't in my lane, I'm not really talking about it. You don't see me talk about much. That's not my lane. Other than football, you know, the Saints, you know, I talk about that. That's my lane. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I can't say that. Giants, Giants ain't anything, anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Giants ain't doing anything. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, go, go ahead, Moose. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm curious. Um. You know. I. I think it, it's always an opportunity to extract some. Some leadership lessons. You know. From. From someone who has had to deal with a lot of people. You know, like in, in in the industry that you're in, I'm sure whether it be on the buyer side, the seller side, you've mentioned you have your own team. You've mentioned having to maybe deal with communication barriers if you're getting products over from China. I'm, I'm familiar with that a little bit as well. What would you say is just maybe like one or two, you know, leadership tips that you would give to somebody out there who's like, man, you know what? I kind of got some things in common with with Terica and, and, but it's just not clicking for me the same way. What, what are some lessons that you can share back with the people? Keep doing it. Even if you don't know it, like, just keep doing it. Like keep on moving forward. Like a lot of us stop because we can't figure out like how it looks or what's going to happen or what's next or whatever the case may be. But for me, I knew nothing about a board game creation. I knew nothing about communication with China. I knew nothing about the freight and the shipping costs and the customs and all of the stuff that we had to go through the insurance and all of that stuff. 
But if you keep on, like for me, if you keep on moving forward, things start aligning themselves and you start putting it together. You know, so if I would have listened to everybody who told me we couldn't have the patent and trademark and have our game copyrighted and all that in the time that we did, I would have never, ever, ever got to this point. So I just kept pushing forward and I kept pushing the people that was around me to move forward as well. So keep moving, even if you don't know what it looked like, even if you feel like, man, you may mess up or do it wrong. You just got to keep, you got to keep on pushing, you know? And the other thing I would say is be the interrupter. Like so Mm. many people don't do that, right? Like you have to interrupt something to get attention. Um, for me, I interrupted the real estate industry because I'm a um, African American real estate developer, right? So people are like, yo, where's she come from? Who she is? How she know this? You know? So don't be afraid to be odd. In order to be number one, you have to be odd. So for me, I always hold on to that concept and I keep moving like that. Don't be afraid to be odd. Love it. Love it. Hi, I'm this woman. So you happen to have gone to the White House that like you do some big things that I'm I'm surprised we didn't really hit in the beginning. But my question is, when did from a person who's just like, I don't want to put business out there. I'm just going to work. When did the winning streak start for you because i remember going on facebook you were in this article this article going here going there i'm like yo you don't even then all of a sudden i see all these amazing photo shoots and everything i'm like okay okay she's she's coming out here i see you so when did the winning streak start and what was the most memorable uh article or visit or accomplishments so far in these past like two three years or something like that wow um yep loaded ooh. hello hello that's loaded yeah i know i, know. I, would, <laughs> I would say that for me when i became unapologetic about terica lynn smith is when i started winning like that's the truth Hold, wait, first of all, you're not going to speed past that like you didn't just say what you just said. Mm-hmm. Say that. Say that again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I just became unapologetic about me. You know, um, I stopped asking permission and I just started taking it. Um, I would say for me, my most memorable moment is having my son name approved for the street sign. Mm-hmm. That right there was everything to me because. I have worked like a Hebrew day and night, weekends, vacations. Shout you out know, to the Hebrews. Um, you know, shout out. We love them. <laughs> I'm one, right? Um, but, you know, Yo, saying, you are, just You are a clown. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what? This girl. Sorry, uh, go for it, Tarika. <laughs> Only Nikki, only Nikki. But I'll say my most memorable moment, like I said, was being able to have my son name on the street sign. That right there is everything because, you know, you work so hard and sometimes you're like, man, what do I have to show for? But that's going to be here until the end of the world. So for me, wow. that's everything. Oh, hold on, wow. hold on. Boos, boos, let me ask. How did that even happen? 
How did that even happen? That, don't give all the details, yeah. but like give some simple steps that maybe somebody could like research that now. Like, okay, hold on, because I want I want my kid to have a street name. Like, give them give them at least one mm-hmm. or two steps to start researching. You have to be a real estate developer. Developers name the streets. Developers choose the lot sizes, how big your yards are going to be. Developers choose the roads and how big they're going to be, the beautification in the communities. You just have to be a real estate developer. That's why I loved having this seat because not just that, my children will eat off this community when I'm long and gone because we have associations, right? If you live in a community where they charge you associations, that goes to the developer, you know? So Mm. It's just things like that, you know, when you sitting at the right seat, it's important, you know, because you get opportunities that otherwise wouldn't be granted. So being a rehabber, you can't name a street, you know, um, having multifamily buildings, you can name the building, but you can't name a street, you know. So for me, you know, that was huge. I pay, I pay a developer. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Moose. I love it. Yeah, this will be my last question, uh, uh, Terika. But, uh, you know, one of our our favorite things to talk about, you know, on the podcast is obviously the flight assessment. You know, I think it's uh, it's our baby. We've we've everyone in in the community has benefited from it. Um, We we talked about, you know, what were your highest characters before we jumped on? Tell the people real quick your highest characters. But more importantly, Tell them how you may have been able to kind of benefit or what are some lessons that you pulled away when you kind of went down that journey as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm like a 96, 98 D. I can't remember that exact number. And I'm a 34 C. And then everything else just kind of falls down. That's and a pilot so, and an air traffic controller, people. That's a pilot and an air traffic controller. Just wanted to put that up there. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. My yeah. bad. Yeah. And so what I'll say is this. Um, I couldn't understand why people didn't think like me. Like, you know, if I want something done, I'm going to get it done. No BS allowed, right? And I had a lot of people around me that just, you know, they would just sit there and enjoy the smell of the BS. And I'm like, yo, look, I don't like the smell. Let's keep going, right? And I couldn't figure it out. And so it would make me angry. It would make me fire people a whole lot faster than what I do now, right? Like, if like I felt like if you couldn't like get it like right away and run with it, you had to go. And what I come to realize um, with the disc assessment is that I need those people because I'm wanting to go jump off a cliff. But if I have a high C, he's going to make sure I have the parachute on me. And so I just want to make sure like for me, whenever I do any business now, I make sure that the disc assessment is involved and I make sure that I understand everybody trades. Even before we become business partners, we cannot do business if I don't know, like if I don't know your personality trait, I can't do business with you in a, in yeah. a L suite. Like we won't create that together because it won't, it may not work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but the disassessment, you know, helped me in my marriage, you know, like I couldn't understand why my husband would see every single detail would drive me crazy, you know, and now I appreciate those details and I monetize that gift as well because, you know, um, him as a contractor, he's able to go and and find every detail that can be off in a property, you know, and so Mm. it's a really great tool. I really appreciate it. Mm. Love it. Love it. 
Shout out to the Flight Assessment. You can get the Flight Assessment at aflightassessment.com where you can understand what character you are. I'm going to bring back these uh, random voices for these commercials. I promise you I am. Um, Okay, my last question, my last question. Um, What is next for Terika Lynn Smith? Like what for... Because Moses always talks about the business. You've been big on the real estate thing. But I'm going to be talking more for your personal brand because I think a lot of people really admire like the offline kind of vibe going into online. Because you, like you said, you're doing webinars. Wait, how many webinars you said you were doing? Like nine? Eight of them coming up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. So, and we'll get into how to sign up for the webinars and everything like that. But what is next for the brand of Terrica Lynn Smith? Yes. So I would say what's next for um, us is we're working on a documentary right now about my life story um, with um, some Grammy Award producers, which I'm super excited about that. And I, um, I believe that, um, you know, having Why am my I not story- a part of this? Hold on. Wait, wait. <laughs> How do you not tell me about this? Pride? Why am I a listener of my own podcast? What? <laughs> Why am I people we are list we are hearing this together. This is breaking news together. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, so we'll I mean, talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it, you know. Um and we're in and we're in the worst and um hopefully within the next, you know, twelve to twenty four months we'll be able to launch the Terrica Lynn Smith story. Mm. Okay. All right. I you heard it first here on Nikki <laughs> right. Moose. Um, I think o- only know? here, we all heard it together. We weren't privy <laughs> to this prior to or nothing, even though she has my phone number and texts me off of two numbers. But that's okay. That's all right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, real quick, uh, tell the people where they could find you. Um, all that great stuff, what the webinars, the board game, all that great stuff, where they could find you, um, and your social medias. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So all my social media handles is Terrica Lynn Smith. Type in Terrica Lynn Smith, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, TikTok. You can type in Terrica Lynn Smith and find me on that platform. And um, if you want to find out more about me, you can go to TerricaLynnSmith.com and um, find out more about me and everything that I'm involved in. So, so real quick, I, I had a laugh about the, the TikTok because she does some interesting TikToks. It is definitely showing more of her, uh, her side of life. It's really kind of funny. So definitely check her out on tiktok um first and foremost uh follow us as well at nikki and moose everywhere you know I mean? instagram facebook youtube shout out to everybody and shout out to all our youtube viewers that are watching this we appreciate y'all and if you are like nikki how did you get all this listen this is done by ecamm Okay, you can get a 14 day trial. We keep telling you this every week. Shout out to those who signed up for the 14 day. And like Nikki, you and Moose are the only reason we know and we appreciate you. Go to NikkiandMoose.com slash ECAM, E-C-A-M. 
M-M. I had to even think about that. That was crazy. I had to think about it. But E-C-A-M-M. Go check that out. It's a whole vibe. Terika, we love you. Love y'all. We Thank always y'all. do. What we always do is uh, final words by Moose, but you are the guest. So what are the final words that you have for our lovely podcast or more breaking news or whatever you want to do? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I would say um, my favorite quote, right? The transfer of wealth is from the impatient to the patient. And so just because you don't have it right now, don't become impatient. Just be patient and know that the transfer of wealth is from the impatient to the patient. 